How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Joshua, hey, I was battling with this word, yeah, Akio Acoustics, earlier. <laughs> I was battling with this word. And I mean, I think the work that you do is fascinating because you tend, you bring together many disciplines to try and explain a critical part of uh, the archaeology and the historiography of the African people. So, so maybe tell us a bit more about this work, music archaeology, archaeoacoustics, ethnomusicology. What is all of this and how did you become curious about uh, the interface between all of these different, seemingly different uh, disciplines? Um, the thing that triggered me uh, to research music archaeology was that when I was doing my undergrad and my master's in archaeology, I had never come across uh, the, uh, anything that was talking about music from an archaeological perspective. So this triggered my curiosity, and then for my master's, I decided to work on music archaeology. And uh, what is called music archaeology, it is the study of music-related artifacts from archaeological sites, and it also encompasses the study of the effects of sound in the past societies, which is archaeoacoustics. So ethnomusicology, it does with the contemporary music. You will be studying contemporary music. And, 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 and when you say, I mean, I guess the study of contemporary music, are you trying to draw, you know, some uh, links between um, historical use of instruments and sound and music um, and what's happening in the current context, and how does the archaeology fit into that? Yes, it's trying to link um, the part with the contemporary, but when I say contemporary, I'll be looking at uh, what I can say traditional music in court. Mm, mm. So contemporary, I guess, in a very academic sense. But that being said, uh, Joshua, uh, talk to me about... I guess some of this work and uh, maybe the the method of the work uh, and how you bring these two disciplines together. Where do you go, or is it just an outcome of whatever artifacts you find at a certain site? Uh, you then try and maybe make sense of some of those artifacts in instances where you think they might have contributed to music. Okay, uh, music archaeology is a uh, a mod is multidisciplinary in approach. So what I've done in my research was I consulted ethnographic uh, sources. I tried to understand uh, what was the type of musical instruments which were used in the distant past by the Sen and the Koya people. So I I used uh, early travelers' texts who traveled around here in South Africa and what were, what uh, they were documenting. And this led me to realize that there are actually some implements that we are not familiar with nowadays, like uh, spinning discs and burroras. And then I also uh, did uh, some kind of literature review to try and find out what has been excavated from the archaeological record, which can be uh, some of these uh, music-related artifacts that has been documented in the ethnographic record. So I realized that actually there were some implements which matched uh, the instruments that were described in the ethnographic uh, documents, but people were not actually sure what were they used for. So then after that, that's when I 
employed experimental archaeology by replicating these uh, implements, which are the bull roller and the spinning disc, and mm. then we, and then we span them to try and find out if they could produce sound like how they are described in the ethnographic record. So okay. fortunately, right. uh, so fortunately, uh, the spinning disc from Classis River Mouth and the peer-shaped implement from Marcus River, which is a bull they both produced a powerful ring sound, which qualified them to be aerophone in the mm. sense that, in the sense that they can uh, produce sound, but they do not confine the vibrating air. So. Uh, Joshua, Joshua, I want us us maybe to pause here for a second and we'll continue on this vein. We just need to take a quick spot break. Okay. Eight minutes it is before 9pm. It's our Culture Talk, which we bring to you every Thursday. And this evening we're talking to Joshua Kumbani, PhD candidate at the University of the Witwatersrand. And uh, before we went to the break, uh, if you just joined us, uh, Joshua was unpacking. Uh, you know, the rich, I guess, uh, tapestry of uh, the world of uh, musical archaeology, archaeoacoustics, and ethnomusicology. And uh, I guess, Joshua, maybe if you can pick up on the role of uh, ethnographic research in being able to be used as a reference point to make sense of some of uh, the discoveries that one would find and the artifacts you would find on an uh, excavated site. Okay. Uh the use of ethnography in trying to understand the past uh, comes in in the sense that we use what we call analogy, which is uh, trying to connect, uh, can it be the contemporary lives of the people that are surviving today or the people who survived in the city. So sorry, sorry about that, yeah? Okay. So we'll be trying to create links uh, between the ethnographic record and the past. For example, what I was explaining before that I tried to understand uh, some of the musical instruments which were used by the Khoi and the Sen people in the past and to try and look for them in the archaeological record. And this worked out because some of the implements which have been described have been used by the Sen and the Khoi actually happen to be in the archaeological record uh, dating from the context uh, from around 9,500 to uh, 5,400 years ago. So ethnography is to try and bring the link between the distant past and all the ethnographic information that we can gather around from the surviving people or people who have been living in the historical period. And, and, and I guess, you know, the other question, I mean, we, we live in a time now where uh, many of us are thinking about the role that heritage, uh, the role that music, the role that uh, history can play uh, as critical features of the creative economy and uh, the livelihoods that can be built around that. Uh, what what do you role do you see some of your work playing in that and uh, in how not only we make sense of the past but we also make sure that many of those who are custodians of that rich heritage are able to uh, live while they I guess conserve restore uh, and continue to engage with that uh, heritage. Um, I think 
It is uh, encouraged that uh, for people who are in the maybe in the art industry, those who can uh, try and fuse the modern technology with the technology that was used in the past, I think that would be great because some of the music-related artifacts that I have encountered, for example, bull rollers and uh, spinning discs and uh, musical balls, there are still musical balls. There's one type that I came across which is uh, now going into extinction. So I think I would encourage uh, the artist to embrace some of these old technologies and experiment on how they can fuse them, be it electronically, to try and uh, fuse the past with with the contemporary. And also, um, I think we should also encourage uh, people to not to leave uh, completely some of these practices. It's something that should be upheld uh, in, in the community. We should not shun away from our past. Because if you, you can realize that uh, because of urbanization and modernization, some of these things were no longer familiar with in terms of our culture or how our ancestors used to do some of these things. So I think mm. it's either we should record them through research as well as trying to encourage the people to practice them and try to fuse them with the contemporary mm. life so that our culture may not die out completely. Yeah, just, just just as we wrap up our chat, uh, uh, and and I'm quite interested here, Joshua, in some of the things that you've been able to find in excavations across the Sadak region. I mean, uh, the San, it seems, and the Khoikhoi people uh, here in South Africa, uh, we're told used reed flutes, and uh, you you would have found other things in Zimbabwe, and in you know the civilizations in Great Zimbabwe, Monomotapa, that that kind of thing. Yeah. I can say that uh, there are a number of artifacts uh, that have been recovered around Southern Africa. For example, uh, the music bells. And uh, the music bells have been found here in South Africa and in Zimbabwe as well as in Zambia. And there is an ivory trumpet that has been recovered from the coastal side of Sofala. And uh, there are thumb pianos or lamellophone or mbira keys that have been recovered from Zimbabwe as well as in Zambia. So it shows um, how diverse uh, music in the past was in terms of uh, musical instruments. And for the music bells, it is interesting to find out that they are found here in Southern Africa, but their origin is said to be somewhere around Central and West Africa. So which means that uh, they could have uh, come here to Southern Africa through trade. So this shows us that people were interacting long back then through through trade and exchanging some socio-cultural aspects, including musical instruments. Mm. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff indeed, uh, Joshua. And I don't know, I mean, wh- wh- when is that PhD coming through? And uh, uh, I mean, I think people are in the habit now of even reading doctoral theses. So uh, when can we expect it? Uh, so that uh, many of our people can read it. 
No pressure, um, by the way. Very soon. I, I actually received my results um, last week, and I passed with minor corrections. So now I'm working on my corrections. So I'm sure maybe in one and a half month's time, I would have completed that thesis. Okay. All right. All the best with that, uh, Joshua, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thanks very much, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. Joshua Kumbani uh, completing his PhD there in uh, the world of music archaeology at the University of the Witwatersrand. And uh, uh, yeah, a lot of themes coming up there and uh, certainly going to be relevant as we wade into uh, the next month, uh, the uh, Heritage Month, where we celebrate in Kubego Yetu, Singama Africa. That being said, 9 p.m. is the time. And that's the end of uh, Metro FM Talk for this week. We're back with you again next week. You have yourself a great evening. Uh, take strength, my Africa. Kubaga lo kukiwa kwa mbona kutubelana. Kwa enanguku, sisa ibanga le ikonomi.